Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. This week on the Cordy Writing Life podcast, you will be having a solo episode with me, May Smith. Unfortunately, Joe is not able to join us for this episode, so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about creative potential and to show you how this actually flows into the other episodes that we've talked about in season four. So. What we've been doing is workshopping Joy and I, a joint project, collaborative creative effort between the two of us. And the first episode, we actually went through our fundamental standards and we made a list of projects that we wanted to consider as our next project. And then we chose a project. The second episode, we talked about how we did some research on that project and how we were able to whittle down the choices within that project to something that we thought was a little bit closer to what she and I think would be possible for that particular project. And today, before we actually get into the actual um, creativity part of the project, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about creative potential. This is a mindset thing, uh, but it is something that we definitely have to work through before we can do a good job with creating something and putting it out into the world. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my creative week. Okay, everyone, I have spent the week in Maryland at a writing retreat, and I am so excited about all of the new knowledge and the new friends that I've made. I am still actually on my way home, so you'll notice that my surroundings look hotelish. That is because, my friends, I am at a hotel. It is the, um, I guess I drove about 10 hours today, and... Oh, actually, I probably drove about 11, 12 hours today, and uh, tomorrow I'll be finishing up the last leg of the of the journey to my house, and very excited to go home. I am a little sad to leave the creative space that I found there, and I feel as if I learned so much, and I have so much perspective now that I just maybe need a couple more quiet days to to really get all of it in line and distilled into like action steps and things like that but sometimes we're not offered that so I have to find a way to put it into my life there is something that I learned at this retreat that I am going to be working on in my personal life and that is this I have been unconsciously I believe trying to create different maze in my life and ultimately there is one me one individual and though there are different aspects and hats that I have to wear in the world it's still my same head but what I was trying to do is make little clones and pop them out into the world and ultimately I was just kind of separating myself from myself which strange sounds strange but, you know, so I'd have like work May and then I would have home May and then I would have creative May and they, um, they all took a lot, up a lot of energy to be, you know, separating myself like that. 
I think that I am going to have to learn how to be whole all the time. And if you have any tips on that, please email QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com because I'm having a little bit of struggle there in my creative life trying to figure out how it all fits together and how I can do it all. Yeah, I said it, how I can do it all. I truly believe that if I can figure out this and this is my, you know, my next step individually, I truly believe that if I can figure out how to do this and if I can leave the anxiety and the a little bit of bitterness, to be honest with you, this is candid chats, right? So a little bit of bitterness too about like having to set aside my book and having to set aside my writing for other things that are coming along, um, particularly whenever I'm having to spend more time in an area that I don't love as much as my creative life, <laughs> then uh, then. I have a little bit of resentment there and a, and a little bit of anxiety too about am I ever going to finish this project personally? Um, am I ever going to um, do something else than this project? Because ultimately I have a lot of stories in my head that I want to get out into the world and I am getting older and hopefully I'm getting a little wiser too so I'll be able to figure out how to do it all because I want to and I don't see any reason why I should have. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, so that is my creative week. Um, so let's get on with the show. So the big question today is about creative potential. The project is actually a workbook for our author resource series book, Finders Keeper, The Practical Approach to Find and Keep Your Writing Critique Partner. And we wanted to make a, a workbook along with it. So we already started our research. We got a lot of the practicalities out of the way for this and now we're ready to get into the creative space for that. Here is my thing with that. I have to really make sure that I'm in the right headspace whenever I get into a creative project because I can tend to kind of spin out into space mentally and allow a lot of self-doubt and just negative thinking to get in my way. So one of the things that I worry about in, when I'm in these kind of spirals is like my creative potential. So I've been thinking about that. One reason is because of the writing retreat. Like, do I even belong? Am I worthy to be among these wonderful, wonderful people and these amazing writers? And, you know, with hosts that are already in the field and doing so well, and I really admire them and everything. Because of that, I really started thinking a lot about like, creative potential on my way up to the retreat because I could already kind of feel myself get a little... Uh, a little bit chaotic in my mind. How can we take that idea of potential and our creative potential and how can we really evaluate it in a truthful way that would be productive for us in our creative projects? Okay. So here's what happens to me and maybe this happens to you too. Maybe you've never even thought about your creative potential and you're like, what is all of this talk about? Uh, so what happens to me is that a lot of questions start crowding my mind about things like, am I worthy to do these things? Or how do I live up to my creative potential? Or what do others think about my creative potential? What are the expectations about my potential or about my creativity that others might have? What are the expectations that I have regarding my own creative potential? Um, is this project more than my creative 
creative potential even is allowing me to do or am I just kind of spinning my wheels here? So before beginning a project, um, these things can kind of run through my mind and shoot, to be honest with you, like sometimes it can even be in the middle or the end, you get close to the end of the project and it's like, what am I doing? Am I trying to you know, reach for stars and I'm actually picking up sands? Just imagine like there is a circular train track in my head and all of these train, car, uh, train cars are connected and on the track and they just keep running around in a circle. Now there might be a tunnel over a portion of that train track and so for a minute I might be able to forget that those questions are there but then all of a sudden there'll be like warning bells that it's like a toll that cries out and reminds me to look out, you know, um, the self-doubt is coming <laughs> and uh, you're about to be pummeled yet again. So this is the mindset that is so detrimental to our creative projects. And for me as an individual creator, it is a, it, it's already like a detriment to everything that I do. But if you pair that with the fact that I am working with such a wonderful creator as Joy Rangatori, that it's even more of a nightmare for me if I were to allow these thoughts and these repetitive things that happen to me with my mindset to affect her in any kind of negative way. So it might be helpful in our conversation if we thought about the ways that we have heard the word potential used, even if it was in our childhood. So um, here are a couple of phrases that I recall either hearing told directly to me or to someone else that I was in the near vicinity of when I was younger and all the way through like, well, I would say probably good college too because we talk about potential a lot whenever we're in high school and we're trying to pick colleges and like, what are we gonna do and what are we gonna be when we grow up? Like, what is our potential? So uh, one of those phrases is like, strive to meet your potential. Um, another phrase would be something like, you live up to your potential, like you have lived up to your potential or you haven't lived up to your potential, which, ooh, that one's painful, right? So uh, you have so much potential or you're squandering your potential, that kind of thing. Those are ways that we have been initiated into the whole idea of potential. And whenever we hear those phrases, especially as children, when we don't know exactly what the definition is, or we, we already start having a feeling that this potential thing, like it's a big deal. Like if we're not living up to our potential, that seems big, it seems really, heavy, right? And if we are living up to our potential, then that seems like a successful achieving type thing. And both of those, whether no matter which way the pendulum swings, it feels as if they are weighty and heavy. So I was listening to this podcast on the way up to Maryland. It was by the Go and Tell Gals, and it was an episode on September the 22nd, I think that was it was released, about potential. And the host told the story about, she was in a conversation with her mother and she was asking these questions to her mother and uh, these big, big existential life questions about potential and also questions like, um, when have I made it? Like when, when, what is the line? When have I made it? And like, when have I peaked? And she was having like a serious moment here where she was really struggling with these kinds of questions about potential and about success and all of that. And her mom looked over at her and her answer shocked me. In fact, it quite jarred me because I had never considered this before. This weighty, heavy thing such as potential, the mom's answer was, 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So that's the complete opposite of everything that I've been told when I was growing up, like potential is this big, heavy thing that we should be striving toward, right? So what is the truth? I was interested in this it doesn't matter space because it was so different than everything that I had heard when I was growing up and everything that I had internalized about potential throughout my life. Um, and I was interested in that because if I'm doing what I should, and by that I mean like if I'm making things, because if you've listened to Courtney Writing Life podcast episode, season one, episode 20, it talks about how Joy and I believe that we are made to make things. Then if that is the case, is that if that's what I'm doing, if I'm making things, then what others think about me, what my fear and anxiety is trying to whisper to my conscious mind, what the answers to all of those questions are, they don't matter. If we were going to truly answer them, here's what that would do, I suspect. First of all, they give us a ceiling instead of a sky. Secondly, they put our worth in other people's hands or in the project's success that we're working on at the time. Another thing that it would do would give others space in our decision making. And ooh, that just gives me like a chill down my spine. Like I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. Uh, another thing that that would do is that it doesn't leave room for grace or seasons in our lives because all of those answers feel so permanent. And whenever we answer it once, it's so hard to answer it once. Like, why would we want to go back and reevaluate that later on? Especially if we don't need to. I'm sure that there are other things that we could probably add to this list, but this is this is good for now, I think. Like, those are four things that are pretty weighty themselves. And it gives us a really good place to really start thinking about, do we even want to answer these questions? So here's something else to consider about these questions and the answers to them. Will we ever know what the answers to those questions are, especially the ones about like, what is our creative potential or have we met our creative potential without stretching our creative limits and looking backwards at the results? This answer to the question, it's a conclusion. It's not a hypothesis. So if we ask it too early and we put too much weight on the answers that we, that we give it, the only thing that can come from it are things like fear, anxiety, and disappointment and passivity, not action. And that's a shame because there's no joy in that. So let's you and I, if you have this issue, let's stop asking what our potential is. Yeah? You can't mess up if you're making something within your fundamental standards and you're learning from it, good or bad. So what do we do, right? That's the big question here because we're rolling things around in our mind. Our brain is super cluttered. We're starting to get anxiety over the answers to these questions and we're starting to hurt ourselves creatively or our collaborative partners creatively or both, to be honest with you. What do we do? So I'm gonna try something that is also in the Go and Tell Gals episode that I mentioned earlier. That was about your personal potential and, and asking questions about that. 
But I also think that one of the things that they suggested in that podcast episode would work perfectly for our creative potential as well. So we're going to be aware of three specific thoughts. The first one is going to be our distraction thoughts. These are the thoughts that stop us from working and moving toward our creative goals. The second one is going to be isolating thoughts. And these are thoughts that compare us to other people and make us feel shameful and alone. The third one we're going to look at are limiting thoughts. So these are going to be thoughts that put a cap on us and put boundaries or shackles on what we might think our creative potential is before we even know what our creative potential is. It limits our possibilities here. So here's our QWERTY challenge for not only you, but for me as well. We're going to work on this together, you and I. And of course, I'd love to hear your progress by emailing QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at uh, oh, QWERTYWritingLife on Instagram too. The first thing that I'm going to try to do is pinpoint when these thoughts arrive. Distracting thoughts, isolating thoughts, limiting thoughts. Uh, I'm going to stop that train by pinpointing those thoughts, which hopefully will stop the spiral. And then I'm going to get back to work because that's what we're made to do. We're gonna make some things. We're gonna use our creativity instead of blast it into a million pieces. We're going to honor our creativity instead of questioning it at every single term. We are going to share our creativity instead of hiding it in the dark. And these are the things that are gonna make us more us, and it's going to make our projects be even more than what we could have ever dreamed. So, how'd we do? You feeling good about life? I hope so. I anticipate Joy being back next episode, but if not, you'll have me again and we'll see what we can get into. But in the meantime, why don't you go make something? Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.